Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and today you and I are going to return to the book of Jude. And this week, we're going to be looking at Jude verses 20 through 25. And I'm teaching a brand new series that I've never taught before called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. The subtitle says, Praying in the Spirit, Building Your Faith, and becoming an instrument in the hands of God. It's a five-part series. It comes in multiple formats with a study guide. And this week, we're also offering you my book again, which is called Last Day's Survival Guide. I decided we would offer it for another week because this book is so important for these perilous times that we're living in. My friends, we need to grab our Bible and our boots and march through this season in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you do not already have this book, please order yours today. The subtitle says, A Scriptural Handbook to Prepare You for These Perilous Times. Order yours today. And at the end of the program, my announcer will tell you how you can get all of these materials. But reach for your Bible and let's go to the book of Jude. And as you go there, I want to remind you that if you need prayer, we're ready to pray for you. If you'll just call us right now, or send us your email. The moment we hear from you, we will ask Jesus to step into your life with all of his miraculous power, and he will, and he'll do exactly what needs to be done. But call us or send us your email so we can pray with you. And if you've ever reached out to us before, you know that when you call us, you really get prayed for. But hey, reads for your Bible. And today we're going to return to the book of Jude and we're going to begin in verse 20 to a very beloved verse. And in Jude verse 20, Jude writes, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But notice how he begins in this verse. He begins with the word but, which in Greek is the word day. It is a conjunction, which here is intended to draw a comparison. Unto this moment, Jude has been describing people that are apostate in their faith. They have erred from the truth. They've slipped into deception. But now he comes to this verse and he says, but. A better translation would be, but on the other hand, now let's focus on you. You, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And notice that Jude calls them beloved. And in fact, Jude has used this word several times in this very short epistle to describe his readers. He calls them beloved, which is a Greek word agapetoi, from the Greek word agapetos, which really comes from the Greek word agape, which depicts the love of God. But I want to explain this word to you. It describes one's deep love for someone else, those that are beloved. It describes the admiration that one had for an object of beauty. The onlooker is so taken by the object that he gazes upon that it causes a deep admiration and appreciation to come out of his heart because he's so moved by what his eyes have beheld. The observer experiences a loss of words to express what he feels because he's so taken with the beauty of the object or the person. And Jude here uses this word beloved, the Greek word agapatoi, to mean we as believers should view one another with deep admiration, awe, and wonder. We are all works of God's grace. 
And when we look upon each other, we should say, wow, that is amazing. We should call each other beloved. It should awaken respect in our hearts when we see the work that God has done in each of our lives. And now Jude says, but you, beloved, then he adds, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, those words, building up yourselves on, are all from a single Greek word, which is a triple compound. It is a compound of the Greek word epi, the word oikos, and the word dimuo, and I want to explain what these words mean. The word epi means upon, as if on top of something. The word oikos is the Greek word for a house. The word dimuo is used for construction. But when these three words are compounded into one single word, it describes, now listen to this, the enlarging of a house, as well as all that is entailed in the building process to increase the size of a house or a building. And to do that, one must proceed with a plan. Hence, this word describes a deliberate decision to build on top of a foundation with a well-thought-out plan. Thus, intentionality is inferred in this word, building up yourselves on. Jude is literally saying, look at it. You know what your foundation is. Now, very intentionally, very intelligently, begin to expand on top of the foundation that has been laid upon you. And he describes that foundation as your most holy faith. And in Greek, there is a definite article. And this is very, very important because he is not referring to your private faith, like faith for miracles or faith for healing or faith for finances. But because it has a definite article, it refers to the faith, the faith, which here refers to the teaching of doctrine or to the teaching of Scripture. And you have to remember that Jude is imploring his readers to earnestly contend for the faith. That's in verse 3, which also has a definite article, the faith, the teaching, the doctrine, which was once and for all entrusted to the saints. And as we saw in verse 3, the faith was under assault. He begins with this subject in verse 3. Now he returns to it in verse 20. It's like two bookends. He begins with the faith, and now he's going to conclude the epistle with the same subject, the faith, returning to the subject that he's deeply concerned about. And in fact, when we go back to Jude verse 3, the King James Version says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. There it is, a definite article again, not faith for miracles or faith for healing or faith for finances, but the faith. It was the faith that was under assault. He says, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And again, the RIV of verse 3 would be like this, beloved. I call you that because it's the only word I know to express how deeply I love and cherish you. I fully intended to write to you about our mutually shared salvation, and I was really eager to write to you about this exciting subject, ready to engage all my creative abilities to dive deep into all the benefits that our salvation entails. But as I was about to get started, I found myself gripped with a sense of urgency and a deeply felt need to address another subject that came to my attention. I felt someone needed to come alongside the troops. That's what he's doing in this epistle. 
to urge them to hold their head high, to throw their shoulders back, and if needed, to look the enemy eyeball to eyeball and to earnestly contend for the faith because it is under assault. God entrusted the faith to us once and for all and expects us to guard it and maintain its integrity in the same form it was delivered to us. God has given us the responsibility to impart it to others in the same form as it was when we received it. Then the King James Version adds in verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And the RIV of verse 4 is like this. Unfortunately, we're now confronted with a certain category of individuals who have clandestinely, almost like a stealth operation, craftily wormed their way right into the middle of our ranks. Long ago, it was foretold and written in advance that a day would come when such individuals would show up. But in the end, heaven's court will issue a damning verdict of judgment and condemnation on them due to their activities. I'm talking about people who were once reverent and God-fearing, but now they've lost their fear of God. These are individuals who go about altering, changing, and modifying the grace of our God into a teaching that says everything is okay and that leads to sinful living that is especially marked by immoral and indecent sexual activities along with other base instincts. And they can't claim ignorance about what they're doing because the Lord God, that is our Lord Jesus Christ has spoken to them and warned them to get back in line. But in spite of these warnings the Lord has given them, they knowingly are denying and walking away from the authoritative covering of the Lord. That's the RIV of verse 4. But let's go back to verse 20 in Jude. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And again, this phrase, building yourselves on, is really an architectural term, which means to build on top of a solidly fixed foundation and intentionally begin to expand on top of it. And the RIV of verse 20 to this point would be like this. On the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know how to express how deeply I love and cherish you. You must, now listen, you must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith. Wow. Well, even in the first century when Jude was writing, people were already beginning to veer from that foundation. Those who had wrong motives had clandestinely wormed their way right into their ranks and they were perverting the grace of God. And the writer of Hebrews even refers to this when you come to Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 where he says that we need to be firmly established on the foundational truths of the New Testament. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 says. Therefore, leaving the principles of of the doctrines of Christ. The word principles in Greek describes the starting point or the ABCs. There has to be a place where you begin in your faith. And here it's called the starting point, the principles or the ABCs of the doctrine of Christ. And let us go on under perfection. Then he says, not laying again the foundation, the foundation 
of repentance from dead works and faith toward God and doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And according to this verse, these are foundational doctrines. And again, what are they? Number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith toward God. Number three, the doctrine of baptisms. Number four, the laying on of hands. Number five, the resurrection of the dead. And number six, the doctrine of eternal judgment. And according to this verse, these are the starting points or these are the ABCs of the Christian life. And the writer of Hebrews in verse two calls these foundational principles. The word foundation here is the Greek word thamelios. It's a compound of two words. The word lithos is the Greek word for stone. The word tithemi means to lay, place, or to position. But when you put the two words together as a compound, it depicts a foundation which is set in stone. It is immovable. A foundation that cannot be easily moved or shaken. A foundation so solid that it will endure the test of time. An unmovable, unshakable solidly fixed foundation, a foundation that is strong, stable, and enduring, and metaphorically, it was used to denote the laying of a moral, theological, or educational foundation underneath a person's life. And my friends, these six doctrines in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, should be solidly fixed under our life and immovable foundation and we can build on top of it. And in fact, these six doctrines form our most holy faith. Wow, that is amazing. And according to these verses, we are to be established in these six doctrines. But unfortunately, many believers at that time and many believers today don't even know what these six doctrines are. For example, repentance from dead works. Do you know that if you don't really understand repentance and if you've never correctly repented, you're not even saved? My friends, that's why this is so foundational. But secondly, faith toward God. Wow, that is an amazing doctrine. And when you understand that, you understand there's only one way to come to Christ, just one way and one way only. And if you've not come in that way, you're not saved. Then, the doctrine of baptisms. Notice it does not say the doctrine of baptism, but baptisms. And you find in the New Testament, there are three baptisms. Do you know what they are? Or how about the doctrine of the laying on of hands? And why would the doctrine of the laying on of hands be right smack dab in the middle of all of these six doctrines? Is it really that important? Apparently it is. The Bible says it's a foundational doctrine. Then the resurrection from the dead. My friends, this is a foundational doctrine. It's a part of the bedrock of our faith. Do you know what the Bible teaches about the resurrection of the dead? And finally, the doctrine of eternal judgment. What does the Bible say about judgment? We know there is the judgment seat of Christ. That is for believers. But later there will be the great white throne judgment, which is for unbelievers, those that have never repented in life. What does the Bible say about the judgment seat of Christ? What does the Bible say about the great white throne judgment? This is a part of the bedrock of our faith. And according to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and the doctrine of eternal judgment is something we must know. This is part of our most holy faith that we're to be building on top of 
and expanding on top of. Now, I have written a book which is called Build Your Foundation. And I have to mention it because the entire book is built on Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The subtitle says, Six must-have beliefs for constructing an unshakable Christian life. Constructing. And actually, when you come to Jude verse 20, and he says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. He's talking about this foundation of faith underneath our lives, and we are to construct our lives on top of it. But as early as the first century, when Jude was writing this verse, he was concerned because there were those who had wormed their way into their ranks, who were modifying the grace of God, into a teaching that said anything is okay. They were altering the Word of God, modifying the Word of God. And Jude said, my friends, you have to earnestly contend for the faith. And as early as the year 140 A.D., early church leaders were so concerned about people that were already departing from the foundational truths of Scripture that they constructed a creed which was called the Old Roman Creed. It's one of the oldest doctrines of the New Testament church outside of the New Testament. But by the year 390, it was modified and changed. It was really perfected, and it became known as the Apostles' Creed. And I want to read to you the words of the Apostles' Creed, and I want you to understand that as early as the year 140 and 390, it was already being used as the rule of faith and a truth filter to determine what was right and what was wrong teaching in the church. Listen to the text of the Apostles' Creed. And my friend, this really is a part of the foundation of our faith. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. The word Catholic here means universal church, has nothing to do with the Catholic denomination. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And in the first century, second century, and third century, this was already being used as a truth filter to determine what was right and what was wrong teaching. And if anyone was teaching anything that deviated from these non-negotiable doctrines, then it was deemed heresy, and it was to be rejected. But my friends, I want you to understand, as early as the moment when Jude was writing his epistle, the faith was already under assault. And he urged the believers to earnestly contend for the faith with a definite article, the doctrine, the clear teaching of Scripture, the Bible, those non-negotiable tenets of our faith. Do you know them? Are you building your life on top of them? We're instructed to do so in Jude verse 20, where again it says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, it pictures our most holy faith like a foundation and we're to build our lives on top of it. And again, if you don't already have my book called Build Your Foundation, please go online or give us a call to order yours today. But then when you come to the very end of verse 20, Jude adds, praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're going to talk about 
in the next program. But the RIV of Jude verse 20 would be like this to this point. On the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know how to express how deeply I love and cherish you. You must, now listen, you must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith. And then he adds the words, praying in the Holy Ghost. What in the world does that mean, praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, it's pretty powerful, and that's what we're going to deal with when we come back. But my friends, Jude verse 20 is so powerful. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. My friends, your faith is not negotiable. It is the foundation of your life, and you're to know it. It is to be set in stone, and you're to build your life, everything you believe, everything you do, on top of the foundation of the faith, along with praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's where we're going to pick up when we come back tomorrow. But right now, my announcer is going to tell you how you can get all of the materials we're offering you today. And then I'm going to come back, and I want to pray for you. The Bible commands us to build up our most holy faith and to pray in the Holy Spirit. But how do you build up your most holy faith? What does that mean? And how do you pray in the Holy Spirit? And what does praying in the Spirit mean for you? In this five-part series, How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith, Rick Renner dives deep into the book of Jude to answer these important questions. You'll be thrilled to discover what it really means to build up your most holy faith and to pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll also learn how compassion can make a difference for someone who is in trouble and how Jesus is the great keeper and protector of those who trust in Him. Available in digital or physical format starting at just $10, this series will show you how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition, you can also get the book Last Day Survival Guide for $25. This is a book God will use again and again to equip you to successfully sail through the turbulent waters we are facing all around us in the world today. If you believe we are living in the last days, then you need to know how to survive them and thrive in them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series, How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith, and the book, Last Day's Survival Guide. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey, this is Rick Renner. This is where I sit every morning, where I meet with the Lord and I pray for our TV family, our partners, people that I love all over the world. And this is where I prepare my TV programs. I sit down with my Greek study helps. And by the way, I don't just use Greek study helps. I read New Testament Greek. That's what I studied in the university. It really is my specialization. But before I give them to you, first I check them. I make sure I've got it right. I study all these programs, really put it all together. And I have to tell you that preparing the program is the biggest part. Filming the program is the easy part. It takes hours and hours and hours to make sure I put everything together correctly for you. And then from here, it goes to the TV suite where I sit down with my producer. And then he and I go over all the introductions that I have filmed. Where the word of the king is, there, let God's word release its power in your life today. 
and I'll see you in the next program. Wow, done with another program. So good to do these programs for the people who watch us all over the world. This is our studio. This really is where I live my life. And in this room, we prepare programs that ultimately go to multiple languages all over the face of the earth. They're primarily Russian and English. Wow, what a blessing. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, verse 21, that the lips of the righteous feed many. It's my prayer that our teaching is feeding and nourishing many people. But when we're finished with my part, then the programs go into the edit suite, and that's what takes place in this room. And in this room, you can see there's people doing all kinds of things. They take the Greek words that I prepare. By the way, it takes a long time to prepare all those Greek words. But then they have to put them on the screen. They have to adjust the sound, adjust the color. They edit the whole program together with the music, the advertisements, the prayer, everything. And we create a teaching program for you. And our goal is to bring teaching that you can trust. That's our goal. That's my prayer. And I want to say thank you to you for helping all of us do it. It's not just me and Denise. There's a whole team here together. We're all committed to bringing good teaching to people. And your part's very important. So thank you for being a partner. Thank you for praying for us. And thank you for giving. I want to say thank you for letting me be with you today as we've been looking at Jude verse 20. And tomorrow when we come back, we're going to go to Jude verse 21. Don't miss it. It's going to be wonderful. And we're going to see what it means to pray in the Holy Ghost. But I'm offering you my series called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. The subtitle says Praying in the Spirit, Building Your Faith and Becoming an Instrument in the Hands of God. It's a five-part series that comes in multiple formats with a study guide so that you can read all the notes while you're seeing or hearing the series. And right now we're also offering you my book, which is called Last Days Survival Guide. The foreword is by my friend Perry Stone. The subtitle says, A Scriptural Handbook to Prepare You for These Perilous Times. You might think we're sailing into rough waters, but my friend, God appointed you for this season. You can do it and you're anointed for it. And I wrote this book, to help you sail through these rough waters that we're all living in right now. We can do it. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And I want to remind you that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying welcome to our partner family. First, we're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And this book is dedicated to our partners. And Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always give these two books to anyone who wants to become a part of our big partner family. So welcome to the family, and we'll get these books right to you. But Father, I thank you that we have a faith that is immovable. It is unshakable. It is set in stone, and we can build our lives on top of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow, but remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. 
Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 